You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes. Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Because nope. I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Deck maintenance isn't fun. Move the furniture and barbecue, sand and prep, paint, seal, or get a low-maintenance Trex deck. The only colour fade you'll have to deal with is watching the sunset. Trex, the world's number one decking brand. A Balfour's in one hand and your team colours in the other. Balfour's are for the game. Tomorrow's car is in stock today. Tech driver Hyundai Tucson turbo diesel all-wheel drive. You're listening to The Run Home with Kimbo and the Roots. Just after 4.30, Kimbo and the Rich with you. Thanks to Balfour's. No matter your club's colours, Balfour's are for the game. Time to talk AFLW with one of our favourites. She's the vice-captain of the Port Adelaide Football Club. They went down by 14, no, 13 points to the Hawks last week. Rich, I watched it on my deathbed. I got a bit angry in the last quarter. They lost all shape forward of the ball. But let's one goal, ten, Kim. I know. One goal, ten. As we welcome Won every Ange. category they needed to but the scoreboard. Yes, it's not the first club that's done that. No. Ange Foley joins us now. Ange, was it frustrating for you? Um, yeah, I mean, one goal, ten is frustrating, I suppose. Um, and then after the game, I suppose we were frustrated because it was probably one that was in our reach that we let go. Um, and so, yeah, there's an element of frustration. Um, yeah, just inaccurate. I mean, the positive is that we had 11 scoring shots and just didn't make the most of it, I suppose. Um, so we're generating those opportunities, which is a really positive thing. Um, we've just got to make sure we, um, you know, take advantage of them going forward and turn it into goals for us, I suppose. And the energy and commitment has been huge, and that was there again. There were plenty of opportunities. But I mentioned late in that last quarter the amount of times you went forward and just bomb the football. Was that addressed post-game? Uh, it was, you know, that was probably on the opportunities piece. Mm. Um, we have, last night we trained um, forward entry, of course. Um, it is an area of our game that we're probably not too happy with at the moment. Um, you know, but our forwards, to be honest, when I looked up, you know, there's heaps mm. of movement, which is what we've been working on. Um, Britt Perry's coming to the side over the last sort of four weeks and providing, Aaron again providing as well. But, we, you know, we miss the likes of Jem, who's back on the training track this week, um, which is awesome signs for us. Jay DeMallo's been out for the last couple of weeks as well. So they're two pretty key forwards for us. We get those two girls back in the side and, you know, those 10 points turn into 10 goals and, um, you know, it's a different ball game. So you're home on Saturday, 12.40 start at Albert and Oval against the North Melbourne side that's known for its defence. How yep. confident are you that Gemma Houghton gets through training on Thursday night mm. and we will line up in your attack so you've got a genuine target to work through this barrier that North Melbourne puts up? Yeah, well, Gemma's been working really hard. Um, she's never had an injury before and I know what that's like. Coming back from my knee or just my knee injury was one of my only injuries as well and she's taken it really well and her rehab's been really quick and really awesome. She's athletic. Um, so she's done all the right things and... Um, she's back maybe earlier than expected, mm. but moving really well, which is the most important thing. 
as I said, she trained last night. She'll train again Thursday. If she gets through it, she might be up for selection. So that's super exciting for us. And just having her in the team even just boosts us in general in terms of our morale. And, um, you know, it's nice to look up and have Gemma Houghton in the forward line um, running at you. She's quick. She provides exactly. heaps of energy and it'll be awesome. Now, talking of quick, please take this as a compliment. You are moving and look quicker and more creative than you've ever been. You are up and about at the moment. <laughs> yeah, thank you. <laughs> I feel, I feel yeah. a little bit like that. Um, yeah, I, 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 feel, I feel great. Um, I'm really enjoying my footy. I'm enjoying the challenge mm. um, that we've got here at, at Port. It's a reason why I came across... Um, you know, I hope I can help, you know, lead from the front in terms of performance and also leadership. Um, I feel great. My knee feels great. Um, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm honestly just really enjoying it and loving it at Port. And um, I suppose that just in turn makes you perform well and that's just how I feel. So I'm glad it looks like that. No, it certainly does. You're playing with great energy. Yeah. What's it like coming from a winning program to a side that is finding it a little bit tough? You're having a crack, but uh, you haven't experienced yeah. that before. Yeah, no, I haven't. It's definitely different, um, you know, but I, as I said, like, I'm absolutely enjoying the challenge of it. Um, you know, it, it, it is, you know, you always want to go out and you want to win games. And um, to be honest, I think it spurs me on a little bit more. And, um, you know, as I said, like, I am getting the best out of my footy at the moment. And, you know, if I potentially were at the Crows and, you know, getting the wins and going through the motions still, maybe that wouldn't be the case for me personally. I don't know. Um, but, you know, I feel great here at Port and, you know, maybe not getting the wins, but personally, um, you know, I've taken my game to the next level and hopefully I can continue that um, and, yeah, just, just keep going and, and helping to build this program. And just one win, one draw, four losses. Do you feel you've been rewarded for all the effort, like Kim's pointed out? And then secondly, what do you, what do you think you've really nailed down in your first seven games? Yeah, um, have we been rewarded um, in patches? I think we have, honestly. Um, you know, we talk about this group being like, um, you know, sponges. They just want to learn and learn from what happens on the weekend and put it into training and, and just get better. And I think the reward is in that more so than getting the wins on the board for us at this stage. Um, like, you know, we spoke about um, what we need to get better at from Hawthorne's game and, you know, honestly, we could get it going to our shell now with three weeks yeah. to go and just go, oh, well, we're losing. But the energy at training last night um, and the, the, the way we were training and what we were executing just, you know, straight away on a Tuesday night um, was awesome. And we got around each other and just continued mm. to build. And, you know, that's the reward for us at the moment, which, which I love. I love being a part of it. It's great. And your coach, Lauren Arnell, put on the agenda last week that professionalism is not just about what you do on match day, but during the week. You've come from an extremely good program at Adelaide. What are you seeing among your Port Adelaide teammates that says that penny's dropping, that they've got to be very professional during the week to be very good at weekends? Yeah, I think it's learning. I think it's um, learning about what you could do, um, whether it's during the week, whether it's while you're at home, whether it's um, catching up with coaches, um, you know, catching up with strength and conditioning guys or whatever it is. I think it's um, that element of the game that is, um, you know, education for these girls that have, have not been in a program like it before. Um, and so it's watching vision, it's understanding where you need to be, when you need to be, and 
if you're not, here's the vision of you not doing it and here's where we need you to be. And so it's all that kind of nutrition and, and strength and conditioning, as I mentioned, um, that's the professionalism side of off the field that um, in turn can help us on the field, um, which is what, what we're trying to develop as well um, in this young group. Ange, we know it's only a 10-game season, but there's only three games to go. Do you find yourself feeling, my goodness, it's nearly gone? <laughs> yeah, like, yeah. We've probably been together like 18 weeks total or something ridiculous like that. Mm. Um, you know, we've, play, we've played seven games of footy together um, and in three weeks' time it's going to be off-season mm. <laughs> when it doesn't really feel like it's been on yet. So, um, yeah, it's, it's super quick. Um but I suppose that's just the reality of what happened this year in the AFL, throwing in four new teams and, a, and another competition in the same year. Um, we had a meeting with the Players Association last night and it was mm. great to, yep. um, you know, just, just speak to them about, you know, where this competition's going and what we'd like to see. Mm. And, um, you know, that's growth, obviously. Um, you know, the girls are chomping at the bit to be full-time. Um, I think it's a... Um, you know, work in progress um, as it has been over the last seven seasons and the AFL has done a great job. So, um, you know, what what next year looks like, we're just... I suppose for me, I'm looking forward to a little off-season because it feels like it's been forever, um, two seasons in one. But, um, you know, looking forward to, yeah, next year and what the AFL have got in store for us. And just on all that, it's it's Pride Round this weekend and Port Adelaide's developed a Pride Guernsey, which you'll wear at Albert and Oval. But I'm, I'm curious, how much of your pride was actually hurt when you read a, a noted columnist like Steve Price in Sydney saying the AFLW is virtually not worth watching, you're better off going and watching schoolboys play during the weekend? Yeah. It's funny you say that. I, I, I heard about it on the grapevine, but... I choose to not really, um, I suppose, listen to that sort of stuff. I think um, as a as a professional in this game and trying to play and, you know, train and, and go out in the park and do your best thing every weekend, um, I think listening and trying to debate or for or against or whatever it is with these um, kinds of things only just kind of puts a negative sort of... Um, into your mind I suppose so for me I didn't really listen much about the story um it didn't sound great it's not a um, great thing for us but honestly there's so much positive so many positive things happening in the AFLW space that I think it's probably more energy um directed towards those things I think for me um is a better way to go. Yeah, I think your coach got it in one. Uh, not worth wasting oxygen on. you played more AFL games than yep. he has anyway. End of story. Yep. Uh, the game gets underway on Saturday at 12.40. Uh, Sunday? Saturday. Albert and Oval. I said Saturday. Saving, Saturday. Saving you a seat. Yep. Yep. Yeah, beautiful. If, you, if you're going to be up and fit for it. Well, I've only come in for this interview, Roach. I'll tell you, I'm off oh, the deathbed. Uh, against North Melbourne, who need to win to a guaranteed playing final. So it should be a cracker. We wish you all the very best, Ange. Thanks, guys. Thanks for having me on again. There we go. Ange Folder, one of our favourites. Uh, mm. Root, she's playing really she good is. football. She's, she's playing, playing with a, what is it, verve and a zest. And a great deal of versatility as well. Yeah. Great bit of leadership. She's the Miss, miss Fix-It now. Yes, she is. Yeah. Yes. Um, all right. Unfortunately, there's a fair few things that needed to be fixed 
over the weekend. They just couldn't get someone to score. Couldn't aim at someone. Uh, I know. They did lose shape in that last quarter. The desperation was there, the ability to win the ball, but they just kept turning it over. We're live and interactive. You can have your say, 0427154166. We need to go to a break because I have to blow my nose. A Balfour's in one hand and your team colours in the other. Balfour's are for the game. Tomorrow's car is in stock today. Tech driver Hyundai Tucson turbo diesel all-wheel drive. You're listening to The Run Home with Kimbo and the Roots. Well, welcome back. Yet again, there is Paul Bonser here. Paul. I'm doing my best. This is extraordinary. I I feel like as if I'm in the third quarter of an epic grand final. (laughs) The Medi sub has been called. Paul Bonza. Hang on on a sec. I've got a bit of a cough. I've got a bit of a cough. No, 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 I've 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 Glen 20 everything. Seriously, I think you've done it a bit too much. Yeah, probably. The the last time that happened. Smell of melon. Paul, the last time that happened, I needed an oxygen mask to finish the show because Kim. Spray yes. that about. Yes. Sadly, Kim Dillon has left us. Yeah, he's not very well. He's actually at going all. via a pharmacist to get more medications. Yes. Good effort. Good it was, effort it was to a good turn effort. Up, tried his best. Great effort by you, Paul, to just well, rush away from where you were. Yeah, yeah. How are the, how are the was, things at Basketball Central? Uh, I, that's okay, but that's not. I, I was sort of around, hanging around there, but I was in my real job. But that's that's okay. <laughs> I, I I come back and uh, it's fine. But we are here what, what in. Are you, what are you telling me? This is not your Studio real job? Lumo. Studio Lumo. Yes. Studio Lumo. SA. That's where we are. Um, oh, look, no, he sounded horrible. I yep. was listening, and I thought that no, yeah, was a great effort. Yeah, it was a great effort. So great uh, effort on your part, too. Kimbo. Get back. So we are now two hours, seven minutes and 20 seconds away from the curtain being drawn on the 2022 AFL trade period. Yes. Locally, Adelaide appears done and dusted. Got their man, Isaac Rankin, strategic list management plan there. Don't expect Matt Crouch to be going anywhere. Port Adelaide is in this little blinking game with Geelong as to how Asava Ratagalia moves as a contracted player. That's the other bit that needs to be pointed out here. That's why when we were talking to Matt Rendell earlier, I was a little taken aback. I thought Geelong was wanting more simply because they're recognising it's also a contracted player. So it will Hmm. be Port's pick 33. The other one they have is 60, which is, that's not even steak knives. And they have futures for next year, which will be a future second that would be required with uh, Radigalia. Scott Lucas manages uh, Sava and had this update as to what is going on as this trade deadline looms on Port Adelaide's play to get some support in defence and in ruck. Look, you're right. Uh, that, that's where it sits at the moment. Geelong would like uh, more. Port Adelaide don't have a lot more at the moment that's of value to Geelong. But with other clubs, if you look at how the, the Horn Francis deal was unlocked with West Coast and um, and North Melbourne and Port all working together and the Giants as well. There's that opportunity that we're always, well, Port are always looking at, Geelong are potentially looking at, and, and we are on behalf of the player because our job is to do the best we can to facilitate the trade that he would like and have it work for both clubs. So what is it going to be? Is it case of Port Adelaide just keep putting 33 on the table and Geelong eventually say... Okay, look, we've had a pretty good trade period. We've locked in a fair bit of stuff that works. We're going to have a player who doesn't want to be here. We'll sign the paperwork. Or 
do they dig in and say, no, you haven't satisfied us. And Asave, you can learn the lesson that Tim Kelly did. I have a little theory. I have a little theory. want to keep play, we do. I have a little theory that maybe a certain TV station media body is just hanging on to that trade just for a second Mm. so it can go live later in the evening. I wouldn't have thought it's a headline one, though. No, but it's still... Oh, might part be, of the drama. Might be part oh, of the drama. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So maybe, maybe, maybe the handshake's been done, but they just haven't signed on the dotted line because they're just waiting for. Uh, we did have a to release that on Media Street. Yeah, we had a lockout until three Melbourne time, two thirty our mm. time, and now they're back in action, and we've seen a few trades move through. Big one that everyone is waiting for is Josh Dunkley. Rory Lobb gets loaded into that because whatever the Western Bulldogs get from Brisbane then can go to Fremantle to get Rory Lobb to go to the Western Bulldogs. That surely gets done, doesn't it? Uh, well, that's another... 21 in the future first. Well, the Western Bulldogs have to factor this in. If they don't take it, yes, sure, Josh Dunkley can go through the pre-season draft where the Bulldogs could call him, quite hmm. happily call him. But... Second time round, Josh Dunkley, after the failure with the Essendon trade a couple of years ago. Maybe you just call it quits. 21 future, say, okay. I know it. people are drawing comparisons with recent trades of similar players. There's never a, a trade that's equal to another trade. Circumstances no. change, trade period after trade period, draft concepts after draft concepts. That's why this issue about why clubs are so keen to get into the future market, it's a bit like the stock exchange, isn't it, Paul? It is a little bit. It's more and more fascinating. David Noble, who had a fair bit to do with the rules when he was on a working party for the AFL. He was at the Adelaide Footy Club at the time. When the old free agency, future picks and so forth were put on the table. He had this to say about trading of future draft picks. Certainly, oh, we talked a lot at a, the two or three different clubs I've been at in picking up that asset and just holding that asset. So mm. if he doesn't play, that's fine. We'll trade you out the next year. Yep. So, I mean, I'd always try to look at it as a business. If it was your own money invested, you'd be going, well, we'll take that asset, we'll put it in in stock, and the following year we'll get something for it. Never thought football would be spoken about like stock exchange, but it's happening. <laughs> it is happening. It is. And, and now there's massive gambles here. Like, do you hold on to a player and then find that he uses free agency? Do you do the deal and say okay, let's load up with future draft picks because it's going to help us rebalance the list eventually. It's no really, wonder these guys it, it, are working it years is, in advance. Yeah, it is, and, and that's it. It's all looking to the salary future. Cap? About, salary cap is a very important part of all of this. Mm. And you just wonder if that's another one. They just, just hang on to to build the drama. And, and Part of that drama at after the moment. After 6 o'clock. Cal Toomey, who was the one who told the world first up that Jason Horn Francis would be on his way to Port Adelaide. Yes. That was the draft Eve shock of this, sorry, the trade Eve shock of this period. He's now indicating that St Kilda is prepared to put together pick nine and Hunter Clark and send him to North Melbourne for their pick three. So after North Melbourne are say they wanted two and three so they could have two of the three kids they've had identified for November's national draft, if they unload pick three now for nine and Hunter Clark, I'd, I'd, I'll be intrigued what David King says. Because he has been so hot on North Melbourne saying they've dudded themselves in this trade period. Yes. He would go ballistic on that, surely. Yeah, I'm not sure I like that. Is that, is that, a, is that an indication to get Alistair Clarkson just wants ready-made players again? 
That's that's got a feel of Alistair Clarkson on that one. It does a little bit. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. Does. Have you noticed that everyone's now looking at Hawthorne's list to see all the recruits that Alistair Clarkson brought in and all the ones that Sam Mitchell is pushing out? Not yes. much left. No, Tom no. Mitchell goes, as expected, from Hawthorne Correct. to Collingwood with yep. that salary cap um, moment. Now we've got O'Meara as well. What happens to Chad Wingard, Jarman Impey? Do they... I, I wouldn't be surprised. Would they, would, Jarman, they have, would they have one season? I wouldn't be surprised. Jarman Impey following Alistair Clarkson in North Melbourne eventually. Yeah, Chad Wingard. Yeah, maybe the maybe not one. this season, but yeah, yeah, maybe the maybe the season after. Just got a tweet in as well from um, Lockie. Mm-hmm. Uh, sorry, uh, yeah, SMS, not a tweet. Um, Roach, what's the word on Newchurch and Borlays who are contracted for the Crows? Um, if they contract it, Adelaide. If won't. they don't recontract them, will Port come in and steal Borlays because he has those Port ties? Uh, I don't imagine Borlays will finish up at Port Adelaide. Newchurch is an interesting one. Mm. But this is all part of the great list management decisions we're waiting for Adelaide once this trade period ends. So at this point, Rankin in Frampton out balances out. So at this point, they've delisted Luke Brown. Who else did they delist? I forgot now. It's Coming to mind. Didn't um, they farewell another player recently? They've still got Paul Seedsman to make a decision on. It, it slips after a while, doesn't it, Paul? We just spoke about it in the, in the ad yeah. break and now it's gone. Uh, yes, Luke Brown was one. Who was the other one that they cut earlier this, in this period? Anyway, they'll, they'll at least have to make one more. Yes. So that'll be the interesting one. And then the speculation on James Rowe. Does he still fit on the list? Will he go to the rookie list? Particularly once you've got Shelley Rankin in there as well. Interesting how Wayne Miller plays next year as well. Yeah, let's uh, let's take a break and ponder all that. And then after the break, uh, Daniel Cherney will be with us here on Kimbo on the Roach. Welcome back to the run home with Kimbo on the Roach. Paul Bonzer is filled in the seat. Kimbo went home sick. He sounded You are the genuine Medisub. I am the Medi-Sub. I've taken the vest off and, uh, yes, I'll, I'll, I might get it back on soon <laughs> as well. Uh, tomorrow's car is in stock today. Tech driver Hyundai Tucson Turbo Diesel, all-wheel drive, and we are coming to you live from Studio Lumo SA. Are you big on Twitter? Uh, not huge, but I'm on there. Our next guest is very, very huge on Twitter, very humorous as well. He is. Daniel Cherney, welcome to The Run Home. Uh, good to be with you, Paul and Rich. Very, very kind praise from you, Rich. Daniel, <laughs> oh, no. some of your work on Twitter is amazing. And is your work with Code Sport for News Corp. I dare say at some stage you're going to have to be part of what is the usual routine at the end of the trade period, the winners and the losers. At this point, who do you think's the winner of this trade period? I'm always very hesitant to talk about winners, um, you know, Oh, a, while something's going on, and B, while um, yeah. you know, we don't know how it's all going to pan out. But I will, you know, having said that, I think uh, Port Adelaide probably the big winners. I mean, they've managed to bring in the two players they wanted to get, or two at least, and it's mm. quite possibly a third. But we wait and see with the Sava Radicalia. But I think when you look at that four-way trade, which will be what we remember from this trade period, I think they are clear winners. They've sort of, you know, they have so much young talent on the list already. Um, they've brought in. Um, uh, you know, clearly an outstanding young talent and, a, and a, an older talent in, in Rioli and um, didn't give away too much draft capital, managed to keep yeah. all their young stars. So 
I think they're probably the, the winners from mine, but um, again, you know, with the usual caveats. So we're looking at a 7pm deadline Adelaide time and the most interesting name on the list of trades still waiting to be finished simply because of what happened to him last time is Josh Dunkley. Who, who's going mm, yeah. to blink here? Because time's running out. You would hate to see Josh Dunkley be left stranded for the second time when he sort of trade. So is Brisbane going to have yeah. enough to satisfy the Western Bulldogs? Or do the Western Bulldogs actually call the bluff and say, Josh, you're going to the preseason draft and that's where they can pick him again? Yeah, it's a really good question, Rich. Uh, look, my gut feel is that he will be a Brisbane Lions player by deadline um, just because a purely pure pragmatism from on everyone's behalf is just not... I just don't think there's enough incentive for the lions, for the dogs to let him walk and that they will end up striking middle ground. There've been there've been reports that uh, that one of the uh, that one of the draft picks that have to go back as part of a potential Dunkley uh, uh, Brisbane Dogs deal is now off the table. So that mm. that, um, that Brisbane are sort of gradually coming to the party. So I think they probably will find a middle ground uh, and and get there. Just just I mean the the other element here too is that. Uh, the dogs are hoping to bring in Rory Lobb, and you know I think that'll be easier if they can get Josh Dunkley, um, you know, Josh Dunkley done. So I suspect it probably happens. But the Bulldogs have, spoke, have talked up a big game. Mm. This whole process, they, they're adamant that they have gone to their board and that this, um, they have board approval to let him let him walk to the preseason draft. Uh, but um, yeah, I, I just can't quite see it happening. So, Dan, we've got a fair few dominoes that need to fall. Dunkley, Lobb, O'Meara, Mitchell. Which one's the stickiest, the one that could, by 7 o'clock, still be standing and everyone will say, how did that deal not happen? Uh, I, my gut feel is the one that's stickiest may be Ollie Henry, actually, mm. uh, of, of all of them. Um, which, is probably, which is funny because he's sort of... He, he's, uh, he's out of contract, which is generally the ones that, that do get done. But um, you know, Collingwood not budging uh, that they won't accept Geelong's sort of seemingly final offer of 25. Now there is scope that that could improve if Radigalia gets moved yep. to Port Adelaide, which helps or, Port or then, somehow, doesn't it? Cooper, or, or, yeah, Cooper. Yeah, exactly. Uh, and uh, yeah, no, it's a good point. And Cooper Stevens potentially moving to Hawthorne as well may be a factor. So. I think that one, and in terms of the order of the ones that I think are least likely to get done, I'd say it's that one, then then Dunkley, um, you know, the, the, sort of the ones you mentioned. Uh, I think, I suspect O'Meara, uh, Lobb, even just like Fremantle's very hardline stance from the outset, um, and, and Mitchell all get done. And then there's sort of a couple of others, maybe Lockie Hunter's an interesting one at this stage, potentially moving to Melbourne. That looks like it's still a live chance. Uh, Jeremy Sharp. You know, we're talking lesser lights here, but Jeremy Sharp may be going to Fremantle. Looks in that that deal is up in the air. But I think of the, of the well, probably not a huge um, ticket item, South Australia. But it is here, given it's a, it's a young Collingwood player potentially going to to the reigning premiers um, and a first round draft pick from a couple of years ago. I think Ollie yeah. Henry is um, is the one. Hunter Clark's just been rumoured to go to uh, North Melbourne for pick number three with getting nine back. Um, your thoughts on that? Yeah, I've seen those reports. That's interesting. I mean, I, this is this is one that I follow quite closely from, um, or, and, and, in, and been quite interested in from from for weeks now, um, since North North's interest in in, um, in Hunter Clark was first 
um, indicated, and it's been one where you're never quite sure who's actually been driving it. I think North has been interested in getting you, get him in for the right price, and I think Clark has been keen enough to get there. The Saints, I think, have been keen enough for it to happen as well, but again, it's all at the right price. Now, I, I suspect it won't happen. James Gallagher, the St Kilda list manager, has already spoken uh, about it, um, and, and thinks that Clark will remain a Saint. He sort of did his draft, uh, his deadline day um, press conference already, which is a bit of a quirk. Mm. Um, but, you know, I wouldn't completely... I think he probably stays, but, uh, you know, I, I, I think there's an element of chance for this one right up until uh, 7.30. I, I won't completely believe that it's done. So, Dan, what have we learnt through this trade period? Everyone brings up some factor that tells us where the game is changing, and this one seems to have had the value of future draft picks. It's got a premium on them. But also the fact that a yeah. number one draft pick leaves a club after one year, not unusual in the sense it's not the first time it's happened, but what's this trade period delivered us? I think the biggest takeout from this draft period, uh, so this trade period, because I, uh, look, I think the future draft pick is interesting. I think it generally shows that next year's draft seem to be a bit better than this year, yeah. which can be the, can be the way. Um, but I think for mine, the biggest um, biggest point here is, is the go-home factor uh, and, and the go-home factor prevailing and, and becoming a, a major issue in, in the game and one that's just in the last few days really probably been getting a bit more attention than it has previously. And Jason McCartney made some really interesting comments today on, on, on across various platforms about uh, the Giants' uh, head of football, that is, about um, them effectively having a different draft board. In the yeah. state club, non-Victorian clubs having a different draft board to the Victorian clubs, especially this year where most of the top talent is a Vic Metro kid yep. and seem to be the bigger flight risk. And then, you know, on the same day, we saw Jason Horvantis, Isaac Rankin and Luke Jackson, all mm-hmm. top three draft picks from the last four years, all go back to their home states. But why has that, that happened, Dan, mm-hmm. when we can go through an era where Adam Cooney did not come back? Uh, yeah. James Aish has gone everywhere but play for an Adelaide <laughs> club. Um, and you can go through the list of, of players who... Simon Black, who never left Brisbane, admittedly, it was good reason not to leave the way they were going. But there was a generation there that said, I'm sticking with this club. Yeah, yeah. It's a, it's a great question. Uh, my, my gut feel is that... I think it's twofold. I think there's... Look, there's probably a, gen, a general... I don't know if it's entitlement. I, you know, I, I get... Players, right? You know, players have every right to to ask for whatever whatever they can get. You know, mm. if you think you can get it, you may as well ask. But um, there's probably a bit of entitlement, and I think it's just a push towards player power, which I think, you know, what it is. I think it's a conflation of free it's free agency coming in, and that sort of confl- being conflated with players who are merely out of contract or even under contract. It's just because at one level, players are free to choose their own destinations. It's just become easy. It's just become a general mindset that it's a lot easier to move clubs and perhaps it once was. So I think that's a, that's a fair part of it. But you, you make a very good point. All those examples are all guys who you would have assumed would be, you know, likely, um, you know, candidates for the go-home factor a generation ago, 20, you know, 15, 20, 25 years ago. But, uh, you know, that they stayed. I don't know if you'd go to Essendon in the end. But, uh, yeah, it's, it's, it's a fascinating one. Uh, maybe it's a generational thing that there's just a, um, the players are more, are more a keener to to be in their own comforts. They, they don't want to, if they can be, you know, they want to have a cake and eat it too, so to speak. Daniel, uh, just before you go, um, I'm a bit of a Hawthorne man, and Cooper Stevens, he was sort of touted as 
the replacement um, uh, for um, now it's just my name. Ben McAvoy. No, no, no. Oh. The, the Geelong great is just retired. It's gone. John Selwood. Joel Selwood. Selwood. There we go. Thank you, gentlemen. Um, will he get to the Mighty Hawks or not? Uh, not sure. I think I, 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 my gut feel is yes, but I, I, look, I, I don't know at this stage. I mean, it, it's still up in the air. It hasn't it certainly hasn't gone through. Uh, I think if it sort of got to this point and hasn't been snuffed out, there's, there's always a pretty fair likelihood that it will happen. Um, and given uh, given sort of Geelong a handful um, with a couple of other things, that may he may be collateral. But yeah, it would be handy to pick up for the Hawks. Who I think I think we're pretty annoyed that Jack Bowes chose Geelong um, in this year of equaliser. Oh, well, it sounds like we've lost Daniel there. Oh dear, his phone's dropped out. But uh, we do thank Daniel for joining us, and uh, some interesting interesting times coming up in the next couple of hours. It's all it's all going to extremely fall. nervous. Absolutely. They'll just be sitting by their phone waiting for that to ring and say the deal's done. Mm. All right. We might seven have... Seven o'clock deadline for seven this o'clock. period? Seven o'clock and, and we've a got TV a deadline to an ad break. seven plus as well. Yeah. I wonder that, that's... I think that's a reason why some things are just held yeah, on for two for a second. Not surprised at all. All right. Uh, let's have a break. We'll be back. This is the uh, Run Home with Kimbo on the Reach. A Balfour's in one hand and your team colours in the other. Balfour's are for the game. Tomorrow's car is in stock today. Tech driver Hyundai Tucson turbo diesel all-wheel drive. You're listening to The Run Home with Kimbo and The Roots. Welcome back to The Run Home with Kimbo and The Roots. Kimbo's gone home sick. He tried, but he just couldn't get there in the end. And this, we're all here Thanks to our good friends at Balfour's. No matter your club colours, Balfour's are for the game. And Daniel Cherney was on uh, just before the break and uh, his chat, his trade chat was thanks to CMC Markets. Trade your way with CMC Markets. Visit cmcmarkets.com. Michelangelo, good what point. do you got for us? As Daniel made, we'll wait until all the dominoes have fallen or being left standing to work out who has been the winner and losers of this trade period. But I think he's pretty well nailed There's Yes. Three teams that would, at this point, be extremely happy with what they did. Port Adelaide, Richmond, Geelong. Correct. Uh, and who is the loser? It's always an interesting sort of debate, that one, as to which team lost, didn't regain, didn't gain ground. Because you, you can't stay still in this game. No, there are some teams who chose not to play a big part in, no. this, in this trade period for exactly. whatever reason. Now... I'm going to open a Pandora's box here. Fantastic. Won't involve the usual debate we have, <laughs> but today on social media, the Seven Network put up some options for the Tasmanian team, which we're still waiting to find out if the AFL approved Tasmania as the 19th entry to this national competition. Correct. What jumper would Tasmania wear? And one of the options was the traditional green, gold, yellow, red Tasmanian state jumper with the map of Tasmania front and central on it. I almost fell off my chair. I, I cannot understand why, and even some proud people who have been pushing the Tasmanian boat in this debate, quite willing to accept a club team which will be loaded with a heap of draftees, very little Tasmanian product in the team when it finally takes the field, 
wearing the Tasmanian state jumper. Can't happen in. I'm I'm with you. I don't think it should happen. I I, I think they should use the colours though. I don't mind them using the colours. So, same way Adelaide did with theirs, red, uh, gold, and blue, and they changed the blue so it wasn't the same one as the state team. Correct. Blue. So Jack jumpers in the NBL have come in. They're using the green and the gold as their main colours. Yep. And while. and there is yeah, and I think they just need to use those colours, but they can't use the state jumper. I I would hope that anyone who has represented Tasmania and some of them strangely actually endorsing this, but I would have thought anyone who's represented Tasmania and looks at what is going to be Tasmania in the AFL could more than likely have a Queensland captaining their very first AFL team. That's possible. I remember uh, one Nigel Smart trying to get a state jumper that was for the Crows so to wear. Inappropriate. Yeah. It was incredibly inappropriate. Got, got Thankfully, wiser heads. And, and people always say, oh, that was Port Adelaide. The first voices that spoke the loudest on that were non-Port Adelaide people. So Correct. There they was no way players. they would tolerate. Well, there are some who were quite vocal in actually what they would do if they saw that stage jumper ever handed to a club. I, I just can't get over how there's even the thought that Tasmania would enter the AFL wearing a state jumper. I'm a hundred percent behind you, and I'm sure a lot of people feel the same way. But but some people, to, yeah, I'm I'm a, I'm amazed that some people are still supporting that theory. Well, let's go with the with the state jumper. No, no, design a new jumper. What, what you're also doing there is you're giving up on your state team. Correct. At a time when correct people say we want Origin back, we want representative footy. So what happens then? What happens in correct. ten years' time if by and let's hope it is, there's a, a decision. That we are going to go back to a carnival system. Everyone's going to be represented. We'll find some way, like even if it is like the Nations League in European football, we find some way to actually have state teams play. What happens then? You've got one team wearing the jumper in the AFL club competition and one wearing it in State of Origin? It, it can't happen. Well, at this point, there's a fair push no, to make it, can't it happen. happen. I, I, I would hope that the people running the new club in Tasmania would go, no, no, no. Inappropriate. Yes. Not right. We're going to form yes. our own identity, our own yes. heritage. Shows a lack appreciate of respect. Appreciate what Tasmania is. Yes. We'll honour it, but we will not disrespect the state jumper. Correct. I would hope you're right, Paul. Are you hey. here tomorrow? Oh, who knows? I've run out of draft picks and the trade period ends at seven. Who so knows? if you're in the chair, that's it. You're there. I'll tell you what you I am can't doing. Move you I'll on. tell you what I am doing tomorrow. Yes. 36ers are playing the Jack Jumpers and we are broadcasting it on SENSA tomorrow. With the great man, Rupert Sapwell. We'll be down there at the Entertainment Centre bringing you that tomorrow from 6.30 Adelaide time. Look forward to Can't it. Can't wait. All right. Get well, Kim. Yes. Get back as soon as possible. But yep. without that horrible cough. See you, everyone. Good night, everyone. Want to witness the world's biggest football game? Head to iCanWin.com.au, predict Australia's score with a crystal ball, and it could be you and a friend at the FIFA World Cup Qatar 2022 semifinals, all thanks to McDonald's. Maccas, together and loving it. TNCs apply.